Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today, I'm joined by Harold Skabrantz Zukovs. Harold is the head of marketing at Credo Lab. Welcome to the podcast, Harold. Thank you. I am very happy to be here. It's great to have you on the podcast. So we'd like to start off by asking uh, our guests about their career journey. So can you tell me about uh, your career and why you decided to join Credo Lab? Yeah, well, my career started like some time ago. When I was in high school, I actually started a project with my classmate. And it was about the tourist sighting places. And I started as a copywriter. And then I slowly moved into social media. And kind of my interest grew through the years. And from copywriting and social media... I moved into digital marketing and marketing in general. And then I quite quickly moved to B2B because I understood that I like to work and market with products that are not that easily to market that maybe not everyone would take a challenge like that. So I just started to enjoy working with products and industries that not many would find easily to market. That's, I mean, that's interesting. So you enjoy the challenge of B2B, which I love because I think B2B is more difficult, but also far more interesting than consumer. So you obviously joined Credo Lab. I mean, what did you see about the company that excited you? Um, yeah, well, I guess, you know, before the Credo Lab, I worked in an open banking uh, industry. And at that time, when I worked in that industry, it was still developing, it was still trying to prove its worth. And and then, uh, when I started like conversations about joining the Credo Lab, I saw a similar thing. Because like alternative data or behavioral analytics data, it's, it's uh, still something like, yeah, it's very useful. But maybe the audience still needs some educating to do to understand the value of that and how to integrate it into their products. So I just saw another challenge to take on. That's interesting. And um, I mean, you've hinted a bit at what Credo Lab does, but do you want to explain what the product does? Yeah, so we basically help risk fraud and marketing teams to take better decisions with advanced behavioral analytics that are based on smartphone and web metadata. So we basically analyze millions of data points. And with those data points, companies can take better decisions, whether it's for risk related things, for fraud related things, or for marketing related things. That's interesting. So you're actually using this process of gathering data to actually do a couple of things. I mean, you know, one is look at risk and fraud, but the other is to actually market. So are you taking basically the same data and using it to inform both sides of the business? Like for each of the, for each of the products, the data is um, like the way we take data is the same, but then the way what we do with that data is a bit different, but still the decision and how the companies interpret that data is on them. But all of the data that's taken from the 
interactions with your like smartphone or web, yeah, it's like interpreted in um, modules that companies can use. Um, so that, that's interesting. I, I'd like to know, you know, what the sort of process is for a, a company to to take data and analyze it. I mean, what are they doing, for example, in marketing to make use of your data to make those marketing decisions? So we build personas by looking at the apps any user has on the smartphone without knowing the identity of that user. And we look at how organized someone is in saving, for example, contacts, calendar events, or anything else that they do on their smartphone. And like, for example, do you save different phone numbers belonging to one friend under one single or joint contact or rather John one, John two or John three? Like, do you schedule meetings regularly or not? How many people are in your meetings? Even how do you charge your phone? Like how much uh, battery like do you have for your phone at which time and when? And like, like we can really help our clients understand their users in a very granular way without compromising data protection and always complying with the privacy laws. So that's interesting. You're almost using the, the way someone interacts with their smartphone to kind of uncover their personality. Is that, is that a fair summary? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of help, like, but not only the smartphone, also the web, the, the web metadata. But uh, I think for the marketing product, it's, it's interesting that, that, yeah, we can uh, uncover the personality of, the, of this person and then help the company to take better actions and better decisions in into their marketing uh, like teams based on this information and so there you'd see someone who's you know very organized and, and very methodical about how they're doing it you know perhaps responding to to a different campaign to someone who's perhaps more spontaneous or maybe less organized and you know you'd see marketing teams customizing their campaigns to those sort of personas? Is that, is that how it works? Yeah, you can basically take that data and then customize your images, text, approaches, you know, because I think uh, based on people personality, they react differently to different materials which you see online or receive in your email or like, you know, consume in any way. It is basically based on your personality. So with that data, it might give you additional insight on what exactly to do with it. And is this something, you know, an approach you're using when you do marketing is trying to understand the, the personality of people in a B2B process? Because I think traditionally B2B personas have been around job roles and, and you assume for example, every accountant is very organized and logical, even though obviously that's not going to be the case. Well, yeah, in B2B, it's a bit different uh, than B2C. In B2B, you have to think not only about the buyer personas, about the ideal customer profiles, but you have to think about the organization and then how each of these job titles, because if you target by the job titles, how they fit into that process and then how to work with them. It might like, if we compare the B2B and B2C, on one hand, 
it is more complicated to target them and to get what they want at the right moment in the right place. But on the other hand, uh, sometimes the B2C is more challenging because even if it's easier to target the right people with the right message at the right time, the value you get out of that not always is as big as from the B2B side. So each side has its own challenges. I, that, make, that makes a, a lot of sense. You know, in terms of, you know, we talked about personas a bit, and I think it might be worth delving a bit deeper into personas. How do you go about building personas when you're doing B2B marketing? It's actually one of the cornerstones I, I start with, you know, whenever I join company, I do deep research on personas, uh, trying to talk with the management, with the salespeople, with the customer success people, like everyone I can, and even with the clients to get as much information as possible to build profiles, to understand what are their jobs to be done, uh, how we can help them succeed, then to understand what to do on a sales and marketing side to deliver them not just ads or content, but to try to deliver them a better experience when they interact with us. That's so interesting. I, I mean, are there campaigns you've run where you can actually see that, that you know, you've, you've had different approaches for different personas and that's really worked? Are there any examples in your career you could bring out that show this benefit of really focusing down on personas? I think that the best approach that we have run, you know, if you, for example, see that your product is being used by more than one industry, and I have compared what happens if you launch a generalized campaign for all of the industries, but like telling that this product can help you in this way, or what happens if you segment deeper and uh, target the industries with the industry-specific message. Usually the industry-specific message performs a lot better for the emails, also for the ads, because if you can speak in their language with the, and address the problem that that specific individual, maybe in the account-based marketing space, or if you have a more generalized campaign, for example, in the industry space has, uh, not only in theory, but also on the practical side, it has a lot higher chances to succeed. Of course, there have been exceptions from time to time, but in most cases, the campaigns that target deeper and have been created more based on what these industries or account types need succeed a lot more that that makes a lot of sense harold so i think i think i can you know see that but obviously creating these campaigns takes a lot of time i i guess i have to ask the artificial intelligence question i mean a lot of people are are looking at ai to help them with marketing at the moment and clearly when you're looking to segment and personalize there's a hope that AI can really drive that. Is that something you believe is going to happen? And, and is that something you've seen being used um, yet, either with Credo Lab or, or anywhere else? Well, if we talk about the marketing uh, 
I myself think that uh, artificial intelligence, like it, it can't yet do the job that you need to do, but what it can do, it's a really big help to speed up like the starting brainstorming or templating processes on which then you can build upon. Because in a lot of cases, um, it takes quite a lot of time to come up with something from a scratch. But if you have already some kind of a filler or some kind of a template that you know that is into a right direction, but still means work, it's already a better starting point than just like starting from a scratch. So in my perspective, at least at the moment from the AIs that I have seen uh, for the marketing, I would say that that's the best approach. And if we talk about the Credolab as a product, we don't really use AI, but we use machine learning uh, algorithms because using AI presents a few challenges. Like for a start, if you ingest bad or garbage data, your, your output will be garbage results. So basically it means what data you input, that kind of data you get out. So it's also a bit difficult to explain uh, the outcome of an AI model. So, so yeah, so that's why our products are basically built on machine learning, not AI. So, so you're learning around the data that you've gathered rather than trying to create a, a more general purpose AI. Is that, is that your, the distinction? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have, we have like, it's like a learning based thing that learns on a lot of data points and then tries to like help find what actions and what, like what needs to be done, you know? So it's, it's like, a, it's like a better approach. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I know I've, you know, seen chat GPT produce some some very strange and, and completely inaccurate responses when I've asked it questions. And so I think a lot of companies are going to have to build their own machine learning models based upon data they can trust. So that, that makes a lot of sense in terms of what Credo Labs is doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have used ChatGPT a bit myself. And I the, the thing that usually it's downfall in most of the cases has been whenever it mentions some kind of a data, when you check it, you can't trust it because you find out that it's not a real data. So, so yeah. Yeah, I was very disappointed, actually. I, I mean, I don't know if listeners know, but one of my hobbies is speed skating. And for a short while, ChatGPT thought I was an international speed skater. And it was very disappointing now that it says it doesn't know me anymore. But yeah, you, the, the data that goes in is is really key in terms of training those models. I agree. Let's switch back and, and, and talk a bit more about marketing. I mean, you talked about AI and, and being a great way to um, cure writer's block. If you use AI, you can actually um, get something you can start working on. You're not faced with a blank page. I, I love that analogy. I, I'm interested in terms of the, the different areas of marketing you've worked on. I mean, which are the areas that you've enjoyed the most? Yeah, well, I guess I enjoy the most like ads, especially the LinkedIn ads, email. Then I like working with the websites and conversion rates, like with, with website structure. And then I enjoy a lot working with automation and CRMs and, and a bit of a technical integration and tool stuff. Yeah, so 
I, I mean, all of those, I guess, are areas that AI could have a significant impact in on in the future. Well, if it becomes better at what it does, then most likely, but it really depends on, uh, there is always, you know, there's this, like always the right tool for the right job. So it's just a question, can you find that right tool for the right job that you want to do? And obviously, I mean, a lot of the stuff you're talking about is digital. I mean, that that's relatively new in the world of marketing, you know, maybe the last uh, 10 to 20 years, if you look at some of that. I mean, do you think marketing is going to keep changing as quickly as we've seen in the last few years, as we look forward into the future? Well, if the AI really gets to the point, as you were saying, that it can do a lot more stuff than now, then I think it will accelerate even more. Because, you know, in marketing, it's all about how quick can you do things, how quick can you brainstorm and put out new things to test and learn and move forward quicker. So if that, like, if the speed of the technology increases, then most likely the speed of the marketing will increase as well. That sounds a, a bit of a challenge. I mean, if if you were talking to a young person who was maybe thinking about a, a course to take at university, I mean, would you recommend marketing as a career? Do you think it's still going to be exciting and rewarding in the next uh, few years? As I said, it really depends. Like, I, I like it's hard to predict, but in general, I think marketing won't disappear, at least not yet. Because even though if you could use the AI, it still needs somebody who understands what they are getting, like not only inputting, but also getting from the output and understands if that's valuable or not. So I would say that for now, it looks like that, yeah, the marketing is still an exciting uh, place to be. Maybe some smaller parts of the marketing will change. Like, you know, I don't know, the research will become faster. So maybe you won't have to spend so, so much time on the research. Data and analytics, I would imagine, will become easier and faster to do than just like going through the sheets uh, or something like that. So, of course, there will be changes. But in general, I think still for now, the direction uh, looks like that it will be that you still need that person who knows what is going on, who checks if if the things that you are doing actually work or not. I mean, that's great to hear you've got such a positive view of the future. And it sounds like actually some of the things technology is going to do is is to remove some of the less fun work. And I have to say, whilst analytics is, is super important, sometimes actually doing that number crunching is not as fun, is it? No, no. And sometimes it just eats up your time and, and then you think oh my god i just lost so much time just to come to this conclusion and i need to restart the testing phase so i'm basically back to square one but at least i learned that thing but but yeah i have another question actually harold um one of the things we always like to ask people is about the best bit of marketing advice so what was the best bit of marketing advice you've ever been given like the best bit was that there are like for me, at least, there are no problems or issues without solutions. Like, you know, if you can't find a solution, at least at that moment, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist at all, even if nobody has discovered it. So 
this advice like has shaped my mindset and approach like towards challenging situations in marketing. So I always try to find, as I said, the right tool or the right solution for the job that you need to do. And I have found that there always is one, maybe just at that moment, you can't see it or like uh, you need to dig deeper. That's another positive view of things, which is which is great to hear. Harold, I, I really appreciate the time you spent on the podcast. It, it's been really interesting and, and actually inspiring because I, I think, you know, you see a lot of positives in the future for marketing, which is great. If people want to contact you or find out more about Credo Lab, what's the best way to get in touch? So, yeah, well, they could find me on uh, LinkedIn platform as Harold Gabran Zukos or by searching uh, Credo Lab on the LinkedIn and then like finding me through the people's section or visit the website and going to Credolab website. And our website is credolab.com. So you can go out and check out and see what we can do. That's brilliant. Harold, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.